Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, two places where you can listen in live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You're also watching on Facebook Live on facebook.com backslash livenowdt. This is our special Friday Signature Soundbites show here, and in this significant soundbite signature, however you want to look at it, it's where we spotlight someone uh, every single week that uh, we care a lot about what they have to say, their message, their leadership, whatever it may be. I have the privilege this week of bringing on somebody who I respect in the game of football, but more importantly, I consider a friend and, and consider someone who uh, lives and stands by their word, which sometimes is hard to come by nowadays. So with that being said, I bring him into the broadcast and welcome him in and thank him for all that he's done. And that is Western Michigan Broncos head coach and former OC and quarterbacks coach of Syracuse, Tim Lester. Tim, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. And, and I know that, you know, obviously most recently you had a trip here to Syracuse. There's There's been this nice series set up between Western Michigan and, and Syracuse. And I know that it was kind of a, a barn burner last year at your place. This time around between the two teams, 85 points scored. Just what you can say about these these uh, two matchups you've had with Dino Baber's team here at Syracuse and, and, and also at your place. It's been, I mean, obviously it's great for us. I mean, to play, to play an ACC team that has, you know, a lot of speed, really physical team, you know, to get us ready for our conference play. You know, we start conference play this weekend and, uh, you know, to be able to play a team like that to really gauge, you know, where we're at and, and are we ready to, to make a run in our league. And, and they're always, obviously I know a lot of the guys there and a lot of the people there, they're great. It's, it's fun. It was fun to go out there and have some dinosaur barbecue and, and, uh, you know, have a chance to play in the Dome again was was a fun fun weekend. Now, I know you had an opportunity beginning uh, at the beginning of the game to spend some time on the field with Dino and, and spend some good quality minutes there. Just uh, what you can say about, you know, the conversation and, and the positivity, it seemed like you guys got to have a, a nice talk between the two coaches, which is always good to see. Yeah, we've always hit it off. I mean, he, he I, I don't know, I, I don't know. We met, I don't know when the first time was, but I've always enjoyed the way he coaches his players. And, you know, even I didn't know who the coach was when we got let go there. And I remember telling Eric, you know, hey, this this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. You know, I mean, it happened to me my freshman year I played. Uh, we went two and nine. They brought in new coaches and, you know, we won eight or nine or ten for the last three years of my career. And, and it ended up working out good for him, which was awesome. And and um, so we, we, we talked just about our teams and where we were at. And, and we talked a lot about all the stuff they're doing to the Dome. Those, I've never seen a crane in my life like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just asked him, what are they doing? And, and so we had we had great conversation about, about our league because he obviously won the MAC championship once. So uh, it was fun to talk about you know, our team and, you know, what he thinks about our team and our league. And, and, um, so yeah, it was a good talk and it was, it was a, it was a fun game. We, we stumbled early. Uh, I had a 14 point swing on a, on a guy running into the end zone who dropped the ball or reached out the ball. And we never really overcame the 14 point swing. We cut it to five late, which made it fun. It was a good atmosphere late in the third, early in the fourth to be in a game that can go either way. And, uh, so it was, it was an exciting game that way too. Yeah, you know, and and it's kind of interesting how, 
you know, you and Dino can connect because, like you said, uh, talking about where where you guys are inside of the MAC, and, and he used to be there. So to take a look at that conference, you know, and, and obviously coaches change and things change, but he knows the the feel of the conference. So his positive words toward you, kind of, you know, what did those mean, and 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 what are his takeaways because he had been in that conference and been successful before with Bowling Green, and you know, just what he has to say about Western Michigan. Well, you know, he said basically that, you know, he thinks he thinks we have the talent to do it. He said, you know, obviously I know your league and he pointed out our offensive line and he pointed we were obviously our kids were warming up at the time, so he pointed out Wasink and, and Bellamy and a couple of our wideouts and, and the, the things that we have that reminds him of his last team he had before he came to Syracuse and uh you know that's what he said after the game he said hey go win your league you get you, you guys got it or you can do it I forget exactly what he said but it was a positive statement about you know and it's always great when you hear that from another coach you know when you're in it every day you're always you know you're always grinding trying to get a little bit better but until you get to go out there and we haven't faced a MAC team so we really have no clue what we are in our league but it's always good to hear from another guy who you respect and knows a lot about football and knows a lot about our league here with Tim Lester on the broadcast right now, Western Michigan Broncos head coach and formerly connected with Syracuse. Last season, when they came to your place, it was 55-42. This time in the Dome, 52-33. So like I said, two high-scoring games. You were in both of these games later on. And just, I mean, just what you can say, I mean, you had moments in the third quarter of, of each of these games. Just what what it says about your team to be able to hang with Syracuse, hang with an ACC team. I know Wasink was there in both of these games. I know Levante Bellamy and a bunch of other guys were there as well. Different quarterbacks for Syracuse between Dungey and DeVito, but just what it meant to you to make this a game in the third quarter at your place and, and also at the Dome. Yeah, it was obviously, you know, it's frustrating, obviously, because we didn't we didn't finish it. So that's the part that that sticks with you the most. But you know, when you look back and and with clear eyes, you're proud of the plays that that you did make, and, and you're proud of the, you know, the the way we moved the ball. You know, and I think I think offensively, I mean, I think their defense. Uh, it's just my opinion. I think their defense is is better than people think. Um, I thought when I watched them play Clemson. I, I was hoping that Clemson was going to show us some kind of secret formula that would make our job a little bit easier, but it really wasn't. I mean, they had two picks against Clemson. They had two trick plays that scored. They threw a bubble that was should have been a two-yard loss, and the guy broke a tackle and went for 60 yards, and then they had a mop-up touchdown with the threes on at the end. So, I mean, when I watched that game, there was I, I thought the defense was outstanding. So I, I knew what we were going to be up against, and to be able to move the ball and you know, we, we scored in the 30s. We should have done at least the 40 if, if we finished that one drive in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like we were we were able to hold our own. John Wassink, just what you can say about, you know, your quarterback. Uh, you were responsible for bringing in Eric Dungy to Syracuse. And we know all the success that he had when he came in. So, you know, just what you could say about the quarterback that you have at, at Western Michigan now with John Wassink and just what he did not only in this game but what he's done for you since he's been your starter. Yeah, he's done an unbelievable job. I mean, I think, he's, I think he's top 10 in the country in a couple stats right now as far as being efficient and knowing what to do with the ball. And I give him a lot of credit this weekend. I thought Robinson played an unbelievable game. We tried to chip him a couple times. We were trying to do different things. But, I mean, I thought he made a major impact in the game. I mean, he hit John a lot, and John kept getting up. And for those of us that have, those of us that have played the position, uh, when you get hit, 
as much as John got hit, uh, it is hard to, you know, not to throw off your back foot and, and really get frazzled, you know, if you hit a quarterback enough. I mean, people talk about it all the time, if you hit Brady enough, but no one could ever hit him enough, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he took a lot of hits, and, and I thought Robinson played an unbelievable game. Coleman, too, but, but Robinson was a difference maker in the game. And we had a couple couple reads that if we had another second or two, I think we had a couple more big plays, but, but he was he didn't allow that. You know, that one guy just had an unbelievable motor and, and was very, very impressive. So, um, you know, but I, but John kept hanging in there and trying to kept kept us in the game, fought back late, uh, and and that's what we're going to need. You know, we're going to need a, you need to have a quarterback to win a championship. That's the truth, and uh, and we have one, and we got to keep him healthy. We haven't been able to do that. He's been hurt around game nine the last two years. So we got to keep him keep him healthy, and and then then he got a chance. You know, and and when you when you look at this, like you said. Elton Robinson was a difference maker in the game for Syracuse against your quarterback and against your offense. I mean, he he's been you know noted as uh, maybe some preseason accolades, maybe some things coming his way, maybe some watch lists and whatnot. What do you what can you say about his game overall when you go back and you and you look at that film and you know try to correct some mistakes? Just what Elton Robinson has done as a defensive end. Yeah, you know he he was. I mean, he has both. He has speed and power, which is a very unique combination. You got a lot of guys that are going to try to bull rush you, and you have a lot of guys that are just so fast, but if you get your hands on them, they're done. Um, he has a unique combination of both. You know, a couple times with the with the chips, when the chips were coming, he got chipped, and, and, and even Bellamy, he came to the sideline after one and said, Coach, I chipped him. And it felt like I was chipping a brick wall. <laughs> and uh, and he went right through Bellamy's shoulder and was able to turn it into a power rush and push our right tackle back into the quarterback. And and then sometimes he got off the ball so fast that I think we only like put a hand on him and he was the John. So that, that combination, it's no different than, you know, you got a quarterback that can throw it, he's smart, and he can run. Like when you have all facets of your game at an elite level, uh, I mean, you're, you're a you're a headache and, and that's a that's the biggest compliment as i can give is you're a pain and that means uh you, you know you're you're a really good player so and it, and it happened that way and like i said chipping him and trying to get more people over there to help we tried that it didn't seem to make a huge difference and uh you know and he's gonna i mean i we saw him do it against a ton of the teams last year when one ten, and uh and he seems to be right back at it again here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Tim Lester this morning. You brought up Levante Bellamy. He obviously had a lot of positive moments against Syracuse. I think in the first quarter he had something like, you know, he had just a few yards in the first quarter against the Orange, and, and then he was able to really just open it up. I know that your running game later on had kind of taken off in the in the first half of the game when we go back and just you know look at the numbers and whatnot we see that you know there was some success I know that uh, as far as uh, Bellamy went 17 yards in the first quarter and he had 104 by halftime just what you could say I know he had that that fumble by the goal line but he was getting Syracuse's number a bunch of times and he was breaking away and, and obviously he knew how to score for you guys and and I know that Dino made mention of him just what you can say about Levante Bellamy well, man, that, I mean, he has a huge heart, and he is fast. I mean, he's a laser 4-2 guy, and it showed. Like, when, when he gets out in the open, he can outrun angles, and, and that's against an ACC team, you know. So he can he can really run. I know it killed him. I mean, we were going to go score to make it 14-7, and we fumble it, and they end up going down and scoring, and, and it's a 14-point swing that we, we really could – we never overcame it. We were close, but we never did. And uh, But, 
you know, that, that made him better. He didn't fold up 10. He just kept running harder. And, and uh, you know, the, the, we had to run the ball against them. There was there was no way if we were just going to drop back and try to throw it, number one, I think their secondary is pretty good. Uh, two, I did not want Robinson and Coleman to be able to just, you know, sit back and come, you know, line up wide and come off the edge. So it was important that we established a ground game. And if we could get a ground game going, you know, and mix it with the pass game, I knew we'd have a shot. That's something we didn't do last year. Uh, last year, the only way we got it going was through the air, really. I think we hit one long run, but there's nothing consistent about our run game last year against them. So, you know, credit to our old line and bells. We, you know, we, we changed up our blocking scheme a little bit from last year, which I thought helped. And, uh, you know, that really gave us a chance. And we didn't have to just rely on big plays like we did last year. We were able to move the last scrimmage a little bit. And, and uh and that was that was a huge factor in us getting back in the game. Absolutely, and 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 having that going into you know as you step forward here in your season and and seeing what you have you know obviously on the docket ahead of you inside of the MAC and you'll be playing up against Central Michigan in a rivalry game. You know, as this team moves forward, what are some of those things that you've taken away? I mean, you're two and two. And, you know, you, you, you've gotten to get, you know, a, a good amount of these games under your belt. You know, it's obviously 12 regular season games. So you look at being, you know, a third of the way through it after going through four games. Just what your takeaways have been from your team on, on film and, and, you know, just what you're doing as you step forward into the MAC. Well, obviously, I like where we're at. I mean, losing, we lost uh, D. Eskridge on the whatever, third, fourth play of the game. We threw him a deep. He, he broke his collarbone on, on, I think he had three plays. He caught two and had a drop. Uh, but he's definitely a difference maker for us. And that's going to hurt us, obviously. But, uh, you know, defensively, we got a new defensive coordinator. And we are, you know, work in progress. We're getting better every single game. Uh, you know, I thought they had a couple of timely turnovers in the third quarter that helped us get back in the game. But, um, you know, it's uh, everyone's a freshman. We have a bunch of seniors out there, but it's, as far as running this defense, they, I expect it to get better every single week. Uh, it was like last year on offense when I took over as the offensive coordinator. We just steadily got better as the year went on because our guys were getting more and more comfortable with the system we were running. Uh, offensively, obviously, we're in year two. We have a lot of weapons. Uh, we, we've shown the ability to throw it. Uh, we can throw for 400 yards a game. We've rushed for 400 yards in a game. So, uh, you know, that's one of the keys is that you have to be able to do both to win a championship. You can't just be a one-sided team. And, uh, you know, that'll be huge for us moving forward and that, that defenses can't just pin their ears back to do one thing. they got to be ready for both, and, and that's, that should help us uh, a lot as we, as we get into this conference play this weekend. And going into conference play against Central Michigan, we, they are 2-2 two and two as well overall. And in the first season with head coach Jim McElwain, who was at Florida just a couple of years ago, just what you could say about what you know of Coach McElwain and, and the fact that he's now inside of the MAC conference. You know, I met him about a week or two after he got the job. Seems like a great guy. Met him a couple of times before, but it's just a, a really smart football coach, a guy that I really respect. Uh, especially as an offensive coordinator, I like what he does. I, 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 when I was at Syracuse, they were at Colorado State, and they beat Boston College, and we watched his offense pretty much dominate that game against Boston College. And, and I actually took an off season and studied his offense because I liked what they did. It's very similar to what we do, and, and uh, so I know you know he's going to do a great job up there. And uh, shoot, I think they were one and eleven last year, and they've already won two games this year, so. Uh, they've they've doubled their win total from last year. Their defense they just played Miami uh, 
the U, and I think they, they lost 17 to 12. You know, they had a really close game. They could have beat them. Uh, so they're playing really well right now. It's our biggest rivalry. Uh, we play for the Cannon Trophy, uh, which currently is at our place because we beat them last year, and uh, it'll be it'll be crazy here in Kalamazoo come Saturday. Absolutely, and and this is your third season as the head coach of this Western Michigan team. You went six and six, and then seven and six last season. Went to a bowl game in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and now here we are in 2019. What are you learning as as a head coach? I mean, you're back at your alma mater. You're back in in familiar grounds. How is the community? How are they treating you? This is year three, so this is where a lot of people hope that there's that upswing. How have you kind of navigated it all, and, and how has the community been with you? Oh, they've been great. I mean, obviously, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm an alum, you know, so they, they treat me well. And But the biggest thing is it's a, it's a results-driven business, you know, and, and I, I spend all my time worrying about my players and, and recruiting the right players to come in here. We've done a great job recruiting talented players and we've had the top recruiting class either one or two in the last three years and so we're bringing in a lot of good players uh we were really young our first two years we're, we're way more of a veteran team this year which will help us through this stretch of eight conference games which will happen over the next eight weeks so uh you know obviously this is a big year and uh, but every year is big i mean i think you go into every season expecting to win every single game and sometimes you need more things to go your way to win a game, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. And uh, But this year we actually have a lot of pieces that, that people are going to have to, you know, deal with. You know, and that's something that's fun to have, to have a quarterback, to have a running back, to have a tight end and some receivers that, uh, you know, it, it gives you some, some momentum going into, you know, guys have a lot of confidence in what they're able to do and we have a lot of experience when we get into those close games and um obviously can't turn the ball over stuff like that but but it all you know i know a lot of people this year is a big year for us and 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 we agree we're ready to go and, and excited to play this weekend yeah, coming from Tim Lester, the head coach of the Western Michigan Broncos. In this game that you have against Central Michigan, there's been a lot of drama, a lot of craziness that's gone on, and apparently he's re-enrolled at school there. Any thought that A.B. will uh, try to sneak onto the field for Central Michigan? I, I, am, I am totally fine having A.B. on the field as long as he's in street clothes <laughs> and not in uniform. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if he might show up. Uh, who knows? Uh, it would be. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I know he's enrolled as on online classes. I don't think he's he's in Michigan, but but this is a big. If you're a, if you're a, a Bronco or if you're a Chippewa, this is a big weekend. So I would not be shocked if maybe he showed up at the game on Saturday. Absolutely, and and I do want to show some love here. I did a thing, uh, Project Dungey last year at the end of the season, and I know that you know uh, Eric Dungey means a lot to you his entire family means a lot to you and and everything that you know he did for the school and from Tim to Cindy to to Matt and Emma and whatnot I know that they have a lot of respect and a lot of care for you Uh, not seeing Dungy on the other side of things when you play Syracuse how surreal maybe strange was that for you because seemingly it felt like he had been there forever because he had to play really from almost day one so just what was it like to not see him on the other side uh, it was awesome, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was awesome. It was awesome to see him, to be honest with you. He came, uh, he came by, and I, I got. He came into, uh, you know, they have the coaches' locker rooms there, so I got to see him and and give him a hug and sit and just kind of see how he's going, doing, and what they, what's happening for him. I mean, this is a really awkward time 
uh, I lived in and he's living in now. It's one of those situations where he's not on a team, wants to be on a team, has to be ready, and and, and it's so just a very unique time where you have to be ready at all times for a phone call. And he had just gotten a phone call from the Browns, so he told me all about that. And uh, met his girlfriend, which was pretty cool, and then I asked about his, his dad and his uh, mom, and it seems like they're doing well. So it was great to see him, and then it was fun to take the field and have him not out there wearing a helmet. Uh, because it's, uh, he was obviously a, a force to reckon with, and I'm sure it's somebody that the Syracuse fans are going to remember for a long time. There's a lot of guys that have gotten injured, from Ben Roethlisberger to Drew Brees, uh, obviously uh, with, with Sam Darnold getting hurt, with Nick Foles getting injured. A lot of guys have gone down early as starting quarterbacks in the NFL. What should the NFL know about Eric Dungy? Why should they put him in there as, as a number two or a number three or get him on that roster? What in your mind and, and what you can say, because you spent so much time with him on and off the field and training him and teaching him and seeing him grow and blossom, as well as the man that he is off the field, just what the NFL should know about Eric Dungy? Because I'm kind of a little bit appalled that nobody's given him a shot to be on the roster, so I want to give you the floor for this one. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for NFL teams that they need to realize is that, you know, he, he's coming from an offense, a spread offense. And I know the good thing, I mean, Dino's offense, they're, they're wide open, the running backs calling out the protections, and, and you know, there's nothing that Eric can't do. And, and the problem is that there's not time in the NFL. Like, if you don't show up and you're – if you, you haven't run any of these systems where you got to call out protections and you got to call out the mic and uh, – you know, he'll learn that stuff. You know, I really felt, I'll be honest with you, I really felt like some team, because I think the smartest team out there is the New Orleans Saints. What they've done with uh, Taysom Hill yeah. is, in my opinion, genius. You take a quarterback that you think is a pretty good quarterback and it's going to be a good quarterback. You have a third-string quarterback that's on the roster, that's on your punt team, and he's on your kickoff return team, and yes, he hops in there and runs some wildcat, and he'll play in the slot every once in a while. But meanwhile, everyone knows that in preseason, and if something happened, he'll go in there and play quarterback. You know, he is a quarterback that they use to keep in a third quarterback active because they can do so many things with him. And I'm shocked that more NFL teams haven't gone that route so that they can have more than three uh, that are eligible to play in a game. I mean, I watched the Jets the other day when when Trevor, uh, I forget his name, got hurt. And it was like, if the next guy got hurt, they were done. I mean, they were going to have their, just snapping it to their running back and going to have to run, you know, because a lot of teams don't even have a third guy uh, live for a game. So uh, I think for him, you know, I talked to him about the XFL and and the CFL. I mean, I just think he needs to continue to get out there and show that he can do it, you know, and, and, and get out there in a pro style, get under center, take a snap, take a seven step drop. It's something that I know he trained for in the off season, but uh, you know, I just know what kind of heart the kid has. And if you, if you give him the time to learn it, he'll learn anything and he'll do it at a higher level than anyone else. And, and he just so has the ability that you know, he can help your team in other ways in the meantime. And uh, I was kind of hoping one of the teams would use him in that capacity uh, that no one's jumped in yet, but I know he's continued to get calls and workouts, and um, and I think you know as long as he just sticks with it and, and puts some film together, I think he's going to continue to get his shots, and hopefully one of them one of them uh, you know works out for him. And you made mention that when he saw you in Syracuse, that that he talked about you know an, an opportunity to at least uh, be around the Browns. How much did he say about that, and and kind of you know the most recent. He said it was a quick workout, you know, and, and he said he thought he threw it pretty good. 
you know, he was supposed to hear back. I don't know if he's heard back. He's supposed to hear back with him within 24 hours. Like, I'm guessing he, he didn't, you know, because uh, I think we would have heard. But uh, I know he was waiting on that phone call uh, from them. But he said he did. The, the weird part is, like, you, you live in a normal life. And you can't really do anything, you know. They went out. He, he was telling me a story about where he went out with all his buddies, and they were going to go. They were going out to dinner, and and they were, they were at some place. I don't even know if it was in Syracuse or where it was, but, but they were all going to go out, have a couple cocktails, and it's like you can't. You don't know. You, the next morning, you get a phone call saying you're on a plane at eight o'clock. You got to work out. You know, like you have to literally every night is pregame. Uh, for a phone call that you could get. And I, I lived the same thing. I got a call from the Bengals and then flew there and worked out. And I got a call from the Bears. And it was like, you work out this afternoon, you know? And uh, so it's, it's such a unique time uh, for him. And I told him, I was like, hey, this happens to everybody. I know it's no fun. I just Sometimes it's good just to hear someone else that's lived it and said, this isn't just you that's dealing with this. Other people have to. And just be ready and uh, your time will come. Yeah, you know, and, and, and he did post about the XFL, like you mentioned, and being in that player draft. I mean, the XFL coming back, What are you, what's your take on that? I mean, do you feel like as, you know, somebody who's obviously been a mentor and a friend, a part of the family to him, I'm sure, what do you think about seeing Eric potentially in the XFL if that's something that could come to fruition? Oh, it'd be it'd be fun. I actually one of my former players that posted today that he's going into the pool for the draft. You know, which was pretty cool. And uh, I I have great memories of that league uh, when I played in it the first time, the first go around. Um, but the biggest thing I think is just what I said about Eric. There are a ton of players. I had a player a year ago, our tight end. It was two hundred and eighty pounds, and. You know, we were we're loaded in the center guard, so we played him at tight end, and he's athletic enough to potentially be a center guard at the next level. But he had to try to learn it in four months before pro day, you know, because on our team he played tight end. So uh, there's so many guys that in the NFL they project differently. It's not going to be the same college player because uh, their role might be a little bit different. So there are a ton of guys that still need development and still need film and right now for football we don't have that answer they have tons of minor leagues in baseball they have a summer league in basketball they have european leagues in basketball we don't have anything really i mean we have arena but it's a totally different game we do have the cfl it's in obviously in another country um but we don't have anything here that helps those guys that that not all of them are going to end up being nfl stars but there will be some if you know if you have a place to go and develop and if you're a tackle in college and they want you to be i'm sorry if you're a tight end in college and they want you to grow into a tackle you know you get to go play for a year and play tackle and boom you're playing in the nfl so i just think it's a it's vital for our sport to have that and there's so many kids that could uh you know benefit from putting some film together uh or if, or if your offense in college doesn't quite fit NFL style, well, then you can go play in an NFL style for a couple years and get picked up again. So I think it's a great thing. I hope it works this time. Uh, I enjoyed it for the one year it happened last time, but I'm, I'm rooting for that for sure. That coming from Tim Lester. And Tim, in closing, a final thing here. You got to see Tommy DeVito, the new Syracuse quarterback. A lot of people have, have criticized him. A lot of fans have, I don't even want to call them fans, a lot of what seem to call themselves human beings have have been pretty pretty nasty toward him, uh, pretty negative toward him. Yeah, I'm sure 
if you were listening at all, I know it's I know it's hard down on the field and you're doing your job, but there was some razzing of him by the, by the hometown people during the game against Western Michigan as well. They didn't think he could run. He obviously ran. He had 96 yards on two carries against you, a 60-yard run in the beginning, and then a 30-plus-yard touchdown run. What did you see from him throwing the ball and running the ball and just maybe you know your takeaways as a former quarterback about what he can do? Well, like I said this before the game, he's got a great arm, you know, and 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 he runs. He runs good. He's like Eric, but he he'll be he's going to be a capable runner. Something I've always looked for. Obviously, if I could get a guy that can take it to the house like Eric, that'd be great. Um, but you need a guy that can move the change with his feet, and he can definitely do that. I mean, the guy that, that Dino had at Bowling Green, uh, I think his name was Hunter Johnson. I mean, he he was just like. You know, he could run, he could get first downs, but he wasn't going to be a guy to take it to the house by any means. So uh, he's got plenty of, of mobility. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just going to be protecting him. I mean, he he got hit a lot. Uh, I mean, we didn't hit him as much as we wanted to, but the, the two weeks before us, I mean, he got hit. And, you know, we're talking about, I think, John Wasink's one of the better quarterbacks uh, you know, I've, that I've coached. And if you get hit enough, it doesn't matter who you are. You are not going to be on point as much as you need to. You're know, comfortable in the pocket. He throws strikes, and there is no quarterback that goes out there. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, that if you hit him enough, he's not going to be the same guy that you want him to be. Because nobody watches the quarterback. As soon as the ball leaves his hand, all fifty thousand people there follow the ball, and only the quarterback's mother watches the quarterback get knocked down time and time again. Uh, and break ribs and get bruised. I mean, if you could see what John Wasink looks like this week, I mean, he looks like he got in a car crash. And uh, and so that I, that's kind of what I saw in the first couple of games is he never got to set his feet. Uh, when he did, he was okay. I thought he did a good job throwing the ball away when he was running for his life and not taking the hits he didn't need to take. But if you know if they can find ways to keep him comfortable and keep him setting his feet, I mean, he can do the job. Uh, but. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be successful when it's your first year starting and you're getting hit a lot. Uh, good things don't happen to no, no matter how talented you are. Good things aren't gonna happen. That coming from Tim Lester, former OC and quarterbacks coach of Syracuse, current head coach of Western Michigan, and they have their rivalry game against Central Michigan coming up this week with an opportunity to hold on to that trophy. Tim, as always, I appreciate it. Hope the boys are good. I hope the uh, the lady is doing well and the family's well and. I can't thank you enough for, you know, I mean, it's it's been a very long time that we've we've known each other, and you've, you're always great to come on the show and just catch up, so I want to say thank you for that. Well, man, I, it's always great talking to you. I appreciate it, and I uh, wish nothing but the best for you, man. All right, well, I'll talk with you soon, and let's get a W this weekend, all right? Sounds great. You too. <laughs>